Welcome to episode six of Going on 50. My name is Kimbu York. At my feet is my dog Keely, who is completely knocked out and ignoring everything I say, which is probably good for a podcast. This week, I was challenged by a friend of mine to talk about what is good about growing older. We can talk a lot about how negative things feel, how bad our joints creak, and we can make jokes about gray hair and wrinkles, laugh lines, as we want to call them, as long as we can get away with it. What really is the good thing about growing older? Part of it is biological, honestly. We were talking in the context, my friend and I, of dealing with younger people. In my case, I work at a university. I tend to deal with people between the ages, the majority of the time, between 17 and 25. I do have older students, of course, uh, non-traditional students coming back to get their undergraduate degree, as well as graduate students who are progressing in up through their doctorate. But the majority, again, very young by my standards. So my perspective on the value of getting old is influenced by that experience. And what I've realized is that when I was young, that young, when I was in my late teens and early to mid-twenties, I really had no idea how much my perspective was influenced by my lack of experience, which is the obvious thing, but also simply my biology. There's a lot of hormones in play with teenagers. Uh, there's a lot of high-intensity emotions. And I'm not saying that to denigrate it. A lot of people say, Oh, teenagers, they're just so emotional. And they say very disdainfully, in much the same way they talk about women being overly emotional. It's a childish type of thing to be. And it is a childish type of thing to be. But that doesn't make it bad. That doesn't make it negative. Being a child is simply part of the whole process of growing up. You have to be a child first before you can be an adult. And there are important elements of childhood that we should take with us, our emotions being primary. It's when we learn to close down our emotions, when we learn to stop being true to ourselves because of how other people will judge us, the point where we stop learning to deal with our emotions and handle them and simply become enslaved to them because we have not been given the tools to deal with them. Well, that's immaturity. And that's not the same thing as being childish. Of course, at my age, I'm dealing with a different set of hormones. I am perimenopausal. My menstrual cycle is just excitingly unpredictable at this point. I know that there are factors influencing how I see the world based on simply the chemicals careening through my brain and my body and my gut biome and all these different aspects that we're only just now starting to learn how they all interact with each other. So that's perspective. And I think that more than anything is what I value about getting older. I understand that there are factors that influence me that I cannot control. Some of those factors are how memories affect me, how I deal with the lingering PTSD that I'll probably never not have to deal with. Whereas when I was younger, I really thought of myself as master of my own destiny. Oh, we like to think that in our society. It's It's got a whole fandom, really. 
called libertarians, but those of us who've stepped back and taken a broader view of the issues around us, and I don't mean politics, I mean the issues of being human, we understand that, no, you can't control everything. And we certainly sometimes have no say over what's going on with ourselves. Those of us who've dealt with um, mental issues or mental disorders really know that intimately. And I wish people would listen to us more about those experiences, not just for our own individual sake, but for the sake of society. It has to be understood that there are factors which sometimes you simply have to learn to deal with rather than master. Perhaps mastering can be adjusted to include that, but I don't know. That's a little bit of tricky semantics I don't want to have to play. So it's that self-awareness that creates wisdom. I'm not claiming I'm wise. I'm just saying I'm a little bit more wise than I used to be. I didn't understand sexuality when I was in my youth. Of course, I understood it biologically. I understood it from experience. Some pretty bad experiences, some okay experiences, one or two great experiences. But at the time, I didn't understand how the emotions that I was feeling connected to those experiences, connected to my expectations, and the reverse, how my emotions influenced those experiences. Now that I'm going on 50, I tend to look at how I feel and how I think about things as a very ephemeral experience, which is funny because isn't it always that you think a thought goes through your brain, it goes away, life is ephemeral, we're born, we live, we die. In our culture, we're very used to experiencing what we think and how we feel about things as absolutes. We want them to be our universal truth. But they aren't. They can't be. Honestly, we're not that sophisticated a creature. There are some things, perhaps, that our brain simply can't handle. I often sometimes wonder if geniuses aren't simply geniuses because they're smart, but because they're wired differently, perhaps wired progressively. It's an interesting thought. Others, I'm sure, have done much more exploration on those lines. It's fun to think about, though. Me, I'm not a genius. I have a high IQ, and I'm fortunate with that. But emotionally, I do not have a high emotional IQ. I'm very insecure, and I have a long history of talking negatively about myself to myself. What have I learned over the years about that? Well, I've learned that a lot of the time, heat of the moment is a real thing someone's hurt your feelings, heat of the moment is to be extremely sad and extremely down on yourself. Appropriate for the moment, but maybe not something you should take as a lesson about your entire existence. These kids that I work with, they look at the bad grade, or they look at skipping a class, or they look at their mental disorder or their learning disability as their whole identity, and it's heartbreaking for them. And I see emotions at play. I see limited perspective based on simply their age. They just haven't been alive long enough to learn some of the things that I've learned. And I realize that the benefit that I have of being older is knowing some things just aren't as important as you thought they were.
and that generally you're going to survive most things just fine. Not that they won't leave their imprint on you. After all, I have, as I've said, ongoing complex grief and PTSD issues, so I'm not saying that these things go away. But you will survive, and things can get better if you work at them, if you're lucky, and if you live long enough. More than anything, I think that's the value I feel about being the age that I am going on 50, is that I've made it this far. A lot of people don't, and many people who do regret it. Many others are scared of it. I've mentioned before elsewhere in blog posts that I intend to have a very extended lifespan, and I'll probably blog about it again, and I'll maybe even make a podcast on it. But for me, going on 50 means the first half. I intend to live to at least 100. So this means I'm only at the halfway mark. The benefit of growing older, of being where I am now in my life, is that I know I have a lot left to learn, and I have a lot left to experience, and that I'm going to look back on myself as I am today, one day, and I'm going to say, oh man, I was so young and naive. And the fact is, I'm old enough to know that that's true. I am pretty young and naive. But that's okay, because you know what? We are all pretty young and naive. Thanks for listening. This has been Kimbu York with Going on 50.